it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A glorious Balls Wednesday to you and yours. I just realized, man, we, this is how distracted I am. I'm wearing the wrong damn headsets. I start yelling and I got the wrong headset on. Ah, there we go. Was there no sound? Oh, he took it off again. Was there no sound? A little muffled. A little muffled. It's not set. It's not to my settings. It's not what we do. You got to get in here. Everything's got to be right for your settings. You know how it is. Got to get easy peasy at a broadcast. You want to feel good about everything. There's a warmth to the cans. Well, honestly, though, some days I come in here, I have the the mono can, Mm. and some days I come in, I have the two. So I I I never know what I'm going to get, but I'm a malleable guy like that. Yeah, you are, because I'm not. I want my damn headphones to be the way I want them to be. That's just how it has to be. I mean, come on, man. You're wearing these things every day. I can't have a mono. No, we're not doing all that. It is good to be with you. Happy Balls McWednesday, everybody. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, in-house again. I said, to what do we owe his presence yet again? Is that every day this week? Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's trending that way. Yeah, I'm loving it. Celebratory. It's he's good. Gonna, good to have know, him He's stopping the Mackenzie Milton, Jordan Travis, 2021 fall yeah. camp. Yeah, what were we doing? Know. What were we doing? The guy's got – he doesn't have a working foot. You got to get Matthew in here. By the way, not only does he not have a working foot, we shouldn't run him on fourth and one or anywhere near the goal line. That's just not a good idea. It's going to end up in a fumble or a disastrous play of some sort. It's not what we do. Uh, okay, this is a big week. I really feel like the closer we get to game time, the more I feel that way. That's not, it's not waning. That feeling's getting stronger. It's waxing. It is, yes. I like the Gibbous reference. But I, I, for me, I'm telling you, I get very, very uh, excited about a game like this because what an, what an opportunity. What a situation is at hand here for Florida State. Um, they could go win this game. If they're buttoned up, they will go win this game. If they're buttoned up, they'll go win this game. And if you go win this game, you're probably going to be 4-0, if we're being honest. Yeah, the record will say 3-0. But you're going to be 4-0 if you win this game, I think. Because if you watch Boston College, and that's a tough task. But if you do, you'll see that they can't protect. And, uh, you know, as good as as Phil can be at times, uh, I call him Phil family friend uh is as, as, as good as he can be if he's on his ass it doesn't make any difference and he's frequently 
on his ass. So Zay Flowers and those guys aren't going to have big years. And, and so I, I think Florida State would move to 4-0 and we get a win here. And, th- and not for nothing, man, it's a big deal to create the kind of buzz that we talk about that, that accompanies 4-0. It's a big deal because you'll be ranked. It's a big deal because you'll be playing a game against another ranked team in all likelihood. That will, in my mind, possibly be moved to a night game of some sort. So you're coming off a night game against BC, which we know is happening uh, a week from now. And then you'd have probably another one. And um, I just, I got to be honest with you, I think uh, what that does for recruiting, you could suffer some setbacks because you're going to. You're not, you're not flawless. You've got issues. You've got things that can be exploited by better teams or teams with some better personnel and depth. Uh, most notably, uh, right after Wake, you'll be playing NC State and Clemson. So some, somebody might get you there. But you will have already done what was necessary to undo what happened a year ago in a lot of ways. Now, you can never go back in time and change the minds of people who subsequently made these decisions based on our 0-4 start to last year's campaign. But if you flip it and you have a distinct possibility to do so this year, the impact that's going to have, I think, married with what you're seeing elsewhere in the country, you really could have a splash-type class for Florida State because of this hot start. And the hot start doesn't guarantee you'll finish strong. The hot start doesn't guarantee that you're going to reach nine wins. But it gives you, A, the best chance to do so, and, B, it creates the buzz that we want in recruiting. Because if you think about some of the the, the pivotal recruits in this cycle, guys that are looking at us, and then let's say you look at that list of teams that they're also uh, – you know, paired with, at least in the list of teams, you'll see a Texas A&M. You'll see uh, Louisville. You'll see some others that you could go, well, you know, they're a mess, and we beat the hell out of them in their house. Like, you can start to do these different things. Obviously, the messaging changes. Yeah, I think also what it does, because most of the names, there might be a surprise or two in October or November if you get off to a 4 or 5-0 and start that you don't know about right now, but mostly the names are the names. What it does is it helps NIL collectives that are not associated with the university not whatsoever at all. Not at all. to collect more, do what their term, uh, their terminology would suggest they do, collect. Lots of money, entice these kids. I know, inducement's not legal, but it's not legal for a university to do that. Uh, you know, an NIL collective, I don't know what their rules are. And so if you get off to this hot start. I don't think start, there are rules, and if there are, I, I would agree. ignore them. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. That's just me. And I think more people would say, well, what's the website I need to go to to give to this NIL collective? Because I believe now. Mm. I didn't believe before, but wow, what a September. For the first time since 2015, I feel good about a September. This is a nice September. You know what? Here's 150 bucks, and you get thousands of people to do that. Next thing you know, your signing class looks more robust. You close stronger because there aren't surprises in December. You have a good offer to make. Yeah, man, I... um I just I like, from what I hear, certainly, uh, the headspace is a good one for Florida State players right now, and I think the coaches feel very good about where they're at right now with these kids, and I think that they'll be prepared mentally to handle um, this environment on Friday night. Uh, you know, you're not going into Bama here. It is just Louisville, but they get, they're get they an excitable bunch, and they've had their way with us, unfortunately, uh, too many times, and, and they'll be hungry for this game because it is their home opener so they'll they'll be sky high and you have to withstand the emotional uh 
waves that that occur early in a game when things go right for them or poorly for you or you know whatever it might be. How do you handle that? And I do. I think this is a group that is prepared to handle that well. I think they'll stick to their game plan. And I think that's because of the quarterback. I think that's because Jordan looks right now to be in a very comfortable place and seems somewhat unshakable. Um, that doesn't mean he's always going to be an elite player. I'm not trying to suggest that. But he is confident. He does understand what he's looking at. He stood tall in the face of a lot of different looks. He made plays, primetime, national television, at a place like uh, the Superdome. I don't think he's going to be shook here. No, I wouldn't imagine so. The only thing he'd have to worry about are managing his emotions because he wants to do more than just good. There's uh, a lot you know, of that going that on building. in this game for both teams this weekend. I yeah. Think, I, I think that you're going to see a couple stupid plays where emotions got the better of a Brownlee, where emotions got the better of one of our guys. Something right. along Jared those Jackson lines. and, and Jordan Travis, something. Yeah. they were the two models for the icy white uniforms. And uh, yeah, that's, was I don't think that's any, well done. no mistake at all. Sure. It's not that Jordan hasn't been in that building before. As Florida State's quarterback, he has. If you recall, there was a crossover dribble on our opening drive because the ball hit the ground. Man, and we thought at the moment, all right, off to a good start. Yeah. That's a hell of a play. We're going to be okay. And then, oh, boy. And then whatever the toaster setting is for nine, you know, whatever the color is for that setting, that's what we were as a secondary the rest of the day. And so it's a big day for Adam Fuller as well. But for me, it's interesting. I think they're going to succeed on the ground. And so I Jordan do doesn't have to be 1A in the plan. He could be 1B. And that's where it gets fun. If Jordan doesn't have to be the reason that you go up and down the field like he was in New Orleans, that's when the offense gets fun and gets scary. But we'll see. All I know, if we return to the scene of the crime, Florida State outscored Louisville last year 10 to nothing in the second half of that game. Uh, but it was 31 to nothing before we could breathe uh, and, and just absolutely embarrassing. Um, 17 points they gave up in the first quarter, and it was grand opening, grand closing. Uh, and I remember thinking in that moment, well, they're not coordinated. I, I use that phrase. Uh, and at that time, Tom, you and I talked, I think the next morning, we were talking about what happens you know, to this coaching staff and to this team if they lose 10 games. Like going 0-4 gets you to question exactly what's possible, both good and bad, just like going 4-0 does. 4-0 allows you to perhaps ponder the absurd as well, where you might say, well, what if they win 11 games? Like 4-0 would cause one to say something like that out loud, just like you and I last year when they were 0-4, beginning to wonder, where, where are the wins coming from? Where, where, where are they going to get a win? And, you know, again, you got, you, you got to fight the tendency to overreact. But, man, can we get off to a good start? Because it'll be the first one in a long time against Louisville. I mean, can we get off to a good start where things just don't get silly? Yeah, the thing, I find it interesting that you said, I think there are going to be some silly plays. First of all, there's retribution for a certain defensive lineman, and hopefully maybe there's a post-whistle infraction that um, sends a message that if you're going to knock one of our guys out for the season, we're going to remember you. Maybe you wait. Maybe you wait till later in the game if you've got a moment where you're up, but that might be a silly thing. I do think, oddly enough, this is a Debbie Downer comment after all the optimism, I think turnovers might be coming a little bit because we are advancing in the passing game, so is Jordan, and some of the decisions he made he got away with against LSU, I wonder. you know, If you're going to take it from, I'm throwing for between 185 yards and 215 yards a game, the way we're calling the game is not going to have me put the ball in danger, I'm also not apt to throw it in danger, 
Yeah, he, so that's you're going to see a buck yeah. 87, two touchdowns, 60 rush yards, and a touchdown, right? That that sounds like a Jordan Travis line from last year. That That's not too crazy. Well, if you're trying to graduate from that to 285 to 315 at some point, which I think is in him, I think there might be some turnovers that come along with that. My hope is for this specific game, you can succeed on the ground well enough that Jordan's over-under on his passing total will be... 225, 230. He doesn't need to throw for any more than that because you're running so well. Well, I think that's the whole thing. We talk about the balance they're trying to strike. You have a better version at quarterback of the same kid you had start a year ago, so you're apt to use that weapon a little bit more. But I think the better way to look at that is that he's capable on third and four, third and five, to to throw the ball from the pocket. You can trust him uh, to make the right read and make that throw. We weren't sure that you could going into the season, but it doesn't mean that you sh- that it's incumbent upon you as a play caller uh, to steer away from what they were clearly trying to be coming into this season, which is a run-first outfit uh, that is better suited to be so. They've made improvements at wide receiver. The quarterback understands the offense more. That's great. That means if you got to pass the ball, he can, and you feel pretty good about it. There may be games where you have matchups where it's necessary for him to throw the ball a lot, and you're able to expose somebody's secondary, and he's able to pick them apart to the tune of 300 yards passing. But that is not your identity. And your identity is partly because he can run, which keeps defenses honest, and you have a three-headed monster at running back, and you have an improved offensive line. Your identity is to run the ball and have that be the crooks of what you want to do week to week. Yeah, what's tantalizing about this game is the defense is not very good most everywhere. You know, they've got their defense. Yeah, their defense. Yes, correct. Uh, they've got a couple of players up front or in the front seven, I should say, that aren't terrible. I mean, they've got some good players in the front seven, but you feel like you can run the ball. Their corners aren't exactly the fastest of foot in the world. Um, so what's interesting is they may call a lot of RPOs, and so there might be a, a variance in your run pass count. But I trust Jordan to make the right decision that, you know, if six more of those are passes than runs, it's because the numbers suggested that they should that be That they should do that. He's making the right not decision. Yeah. But they're not, it's not the same thing as saying go empty and let's drop back and throw the ball 25 times in this game. It's not the same thing. They, they had to do that a little bit more against LSU. I'm surprised. You know, Malik Cunningham's a guy through two games that has run the ball. Now, I'm not saying these are all design runs, but he's run the ball uh, 30 times. Uh, I would think he's going to run the ball – 15 to 20 in this game. Yeah. It's there. It's there. Now, if Satterfield wants to square peg round hole thing, then great. Then we're going to win the game, and we're going to win it comfortably. If he decides, you know, my job's kind of on the line and uh, need this win to set us down the right path at home on a Friday night, and that kid is really tough in the open field, when in doubt, let's lean on his legs. Uh, then this game could get interesting because I do think we're susceptible based on all the man we play. Yeah, I think there's little doubt, and maybe you could argue this, but I think there's little doubt that Malik Cunningham is a better runner than Jaden Daniels is. Now, if you want to talk about close. if you want to talk about scrambling, scrambling and athleticism, I think you've got a, a, a good argument that can go both ways. Yeah, sure. But I think as a true runner, as a quarterback, Malik is more practiced and more refined. Mm-hmm. At that, and that was a talking point coming out of last Friday's game. Was we needed to get back to it from the coaching staff and the in the post game press conferences. So to your point, yeah, I, I think he's acknowledged Satterfield has publicly 
that if we are going to go down, we're going to go down using every bit of his skill set. And he's a more natural runner than some of the guys that we've just faced, one of the guys specifically. You can break him in half. He's 6'1", 190. And, uh, if you can catch him. That's the point. Is If you can – listen, Tatum Bethune can catch him. Deloach can. And I would make it a point upon catching him that he remembers that moment, that those encounters border on perhaps – not a get-you-thrown-out-of-the-game type thing, but a message. Louisville's not a team that I want to play nice with. Um, they play dirty. They're a dirty team. I think they teach it, and I'm done with it. So, now that's me. I'm nobody on the radio, whatever. I don't know what Mike's telling those guys, but I've had enough of watching Louisville cheap shot people. And so, uh, frankly, this would be a game where we would border on red there. I'd agree, and that's also something that happened this season. So you're not just speaking from an FSU perspective from last year. Dino Babers commented on that after they blew them out. out. Yes, and they said we retaliated too much. We we just got to let some of the stuff they do go. It's who Louisville is, and I'm not letting it go. Um, You you knocked out one of our best players last year, and it's not the first time we've witnessed nonsense. So my only point is, again, I'm not going to get up here and encourage. The kind of rule breaking that would get you thrown out, miss time, anything like that. I am saying if it's close, take the shot, take the shot, and and follow through. And you know, I mean, that's we talk about this a lot. When a guy gets hot from three, you got to close out. Got to close out. Sometimes you lose your balance. I mean, it's just you got to close out. Was it Matthew Thomas on Brad Kaya? Is that right? The, uh, the unicorn. It was one of the great. One of the great moments ever to see that tooth flying in the air. Because of what was just done repeatedly it, to DeAndre. Correct. And and a message was sent. And it went a different direction. Things change, man. You gotta check people. Sometimes you gotta check people. I'm talking about checking a program. That's all I'm saying. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sneaky good game, by the way. Michigan State's at Washington this weekend. Did you know that? That is a regal uniform game as long as nobody does anything weird. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Michigan State has been known to be weird, though. You never have to at Michigan State. You wear the white with that beautiful, beautiful Kelly green, if you want to call it that, whatever you would call that. It's gorgeous. Yeah, forest green, really. Forest green, Kelly green. Oh, yeah, forest, you're right. And then the purple and gold with Washington, with the white. Oh, yeah. That's a uniform game for the ages right there. You're right. That's 7.30 Eastern time on Saturday. The good news about Florida State playing on a Friday 
is that, of course, we all get to sit back after going to 3-0, and reveling in a victory, and then watching Texas Tech at NC State, 7 o'clock, ESPN2, Memorial Stadium. All right. It's not Memorial Stadium. They got that wrong. I don't know why that was posted there. Well, I just realized out, that. One out of every two stadiums is Memorial Stadium. I thought so, too, but then they wrote that, and I went, no, it's not Memorial Stadium. That's not the right name. Texas Tech is without their usual quarterback, too, right? But I don't think the backup's bad from what I've read. Um, Woo! Which, oh, oh, I wasn't paying attention to the stream yard. My apologies. Z-Chan! Should have known. Should have known. Which running back gets the most yards Friday? What is the over-under figure on total rushing yards? I didn't think it's going to be a run-centric uh, game plan. I think you and I agree on that. I'm. It's interesting. I'm really inclined to say Benson. If he got the message. Well, they all needed to get the message. What was with that? It's the one facet of the mm-hmm. game that bothered me the most. I'm, I'm still bothered by the tiptoeing that I witnessed in that game. And Z-Chan, thank you so much for the question and for the contribution. I do appreciate it. But I, I honestly, um, it's strange to me. I, I don't. They've never run like that. We don't see those guys run. Treshawn Ward doesn't tiptoe. No. We what happened there? I thought Benson was the most indecisive, then Ward, then Toa Feely. But obviously Ward got the most touches. There's one, in fact, inside the five-yard line where, Treshawn, make a decision. You're going to score. Um, but he decides not to. You get down to the one-yard line. And I think it yeah. might have been a, a sequence in which, you know, we don't come away with any points. Indecision plagued the backfield in it general. Uh, the running backs, I should say. Um, it really was something to behold. There's a couple of things, too. So they love to run counter. But even if you don't want to talk about power versus counter, the pin and pull. So you're pulling your lineman and then you're pinning it down the uh, other way. I love way. watching pin and pull for a lot of reasons. I do, too. Um, we miss some obvious things. I look forward to when we get better personnel in here to run those concepts. Yes. Specifically with one tight end and one tackle. I look forward to us getting better well, personnel. One of the current tackles is awful at it. Yes, and it costs you. It I think it costs you maybe a touchdown, not to be Jimbo and out the gate stuff, but I think it costs you a touchdown from around midfield, and that's annoying. Uh, instead, you get eight, so it feels like it's a good play, but then you look at it, you go, Jesus, if you just don't get out over your skis and mm-hmm. you're not sloppy with your damn footwork, we're in business here. But that's not the same thing, so that's just a side rant, as the running back's looking tentative. I don't know what it is. But look, when you've got this many options and you've also got a guy like Rodney Hill who's not a bad player on the bench, right. the message has to be clear. Run hard or you're or off you the just field. Won't play. Yeah, you just won't play. Yeah. The other part of that slate is number 13, Miami, at uh, number 24, Texas A&M. That's a nine, is that a 9 p.m. Eastern time kickoff? What are oh, we doing buddy. out here at 9 o'clock? I know. It's kind of a maintained day. That's a tough maintained day. Yeah. I mean, sweet Jesus, you got a 9 p.m. kick for two teams that we hate. This might be a late morning lunchtime round of golf day. Even though there's college football on the screen, it gets better as the day goes along. The slate isn't very strong start to finish. Uh, no, the best games are Miami and Texas A&M, as we noted. Uh, I would also suggest that Michigan State-Washington's fun for me, but Texas Tech-NC State's kind of a let's-do-some-research yep, yep. type of game. Um, you want to be off the course by about two because there's going to be some wacky second halves well, if it's like last week. Yeah, I got to see Penn State Auburn because I think Penn State's going to go into Jordan Hare and win, and and that's in spite of their quarterback. So I do think that they'll go and do that. Um, I think they'll 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 shut down Auburn's offense, and I, I like that game. So I, I do want to see the three thirty kick there. Did you see the mini thread from David Hale about Jimbo's quarterbacks? 
No. Okay, so he had a blind resume. He said, would you rather have quarterback A or quarterback B? Mm-hmm. And the numbers are wholly average. And it's A is uh, Jimbo's last 10 quarterbacks <laughs> right. that he's recruited from Florida State all the way through A&M. Right, right. And B is Sean Clifford. Just said, a so, whole bunch so, of butt-ass average. So his conclusion is uh, Jimbo's being paid $9.5 million a year to bring you Sean Clifford for the last 10 seasons. So, you know, it will be fascinating, and this is the only thing I want to dabble in here because it's interesting big picture, and it's less to do with needling Jimbo, which is fun, but it's less to do with that and more about we always when we look at head coaches and we talk about fits and we talk about whether they're ascending, whether they're on the decline, uh, so a lot of coaches, frankly, are unknown. Like a lot of coaches, you could say, if we're being fair, you'd say, I really don't know what they are. Their situation's unique. They can only get a program to a certain level because of where they're located. I'll just shock the world there by hitting this mic, oddly. Um, but, you know, guys that are stuck in certain situations, they're only going to be able to get to a certain level. Some people would argue that that's Campbell at Iowa State, right? Right, yep. Okay, so you go through these uh, litany of guys that are like that where you say, if given the right guy. Matt Campbell, winner of the Cyhawk Trophy. <laughs> Ten to seven, yes. But – if you if you take a, a coach like that and you say, well, what would he do with this strength of his, whatever this perceived strength is, organizational skills, offensive acumen, whatever it might be, what would he do with this job? And a lot of that is just conjecture. That's all of us usually influenced by our own personal opinions about a guy, the way he looks, the way he dresses, that time he cost you $300 by uh, screwing up the ending of a game, whatever it might be, right? A lot of times that's how we are influenced to decide whether a coach can or cannot coach. It's stupid, frivolous things that aren't really to do with the actual knowledge or X's and O's or even career standing of a guy. But Jimbo falls into a category that is truly unique, and that is one that we are oh so familiar with because we lived it, and nobody else has. Right Now, he was just an OC, it mattered, at LSU, but the man was Nick Saban, hence the statue. And they won a national championship, and that's Nick Saban's national championship. People don't go, well, Jimbo Fisher, yeah, he did win one while with Nick. The one Jimbo gets the credit for is the one here, right? That's his job. He took it over. The program had flown into the side of the mountain, the lost decade, well-documented. He went out, quote-unquote, recruited grown-ass men. He had a zeal for the job, a passion for the job an unwavering desire to see it through, right? Wanted to be his own man because he knew he was in the shadows of Nick Saban. And he did it. Now, he primarily did it not just because he was able to bring in a whole bunch of elite talent, which means he sold a vision to a lot of guys who had to take a leap of faith. You get credit for that. That's all part of the job. You've got to be able to recruit. If anything undoes Mike, it's if he doesn't get better players in here, they won't sustain success, and he'll be out of job. And we think he's a really good play caller, and we like a lot of aspects of the program. But recruiting matters, right? So you got to get credit for that, and he does. Ultimately, though, then what is the one thing that holds that recipe back? Well, his offenses and the need to have an NFL first-round draft pick running them. Because without it, you're going to go 8-4. and four. Without it, you're going to go 9-3. and three. You might have a dominant defense one year and get 10 wins and a bad conference. If you're in a good conference, you're not. But that's what you're going to get, right? That's what's going to happen because he doesn't play a modern brand of football. It's the slowest-paced nonsense you've ever seen. 
all the guys have to be perfect, right? Everybody has to do everything exactly right, and it never works. That's why we're always talking about, well, that play was close to being out the gate. You know why it wasn't? Because he's a college kid and he screwed up. They're always going to, Jimbo. Make it a little simpler and let's go. But anyhow, that said, what happens when it starts to go south? He has everything now, but what is playing out in College Station? The exact same things that played out here. So you want to talk about the psychology of a guy. It's on display for us to be in a unique position to watch. What did we read this past week? That there were players that walked off the field in practice that missed a meeting? That perhaps it's not a cohesive group, not willing to run through fire for a guy who berates and is cold-hearted all the time? You got players going on record saying that the effort is not consistent and not there? Imagine that. We had a player say that about practice here under Jimbo Fisher. Imagine that. He himself was a malcontent. Old sassy. He wasn't wrong. Brought it to light. He was not wrong. Correct. And the stuff behind the scenes where... We're going to give you what you're asking for. We're doing the best we can for you. And our reward is you MFing us in the hallway on a Tuesday at 9 a.m. over a cup of coffee. That's, that's our reward for, for working tirelessly to try to get you what you need. It's just never fast enough for you. So what happens then, Tom? This is what happens. When you begin to lose games, everybody pulls out the knife because they've been waiting. They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait. You are the biggest man on the planet when you first walk in, and you do a few good things, and everybody has to bend over backwards because now you're the savior. But when it goes south and you've treated people around you poorly for a very long period of time, including your players, they don't run through a wall to get it right again. So we're watching this play out right now. We're watching Texas A&M. Now, listen, he's recruited nothing but beasts. He's got a team full of the top-tier talent in the nation. Dropping 14 at home against App State. Talking about team meetings. Talking about commitment to the program. Reevaluating whether or not we want to call plays. Where have we heard that before? This has all played out a million times. It's just fascinating to watch. The big drama that is college football is the fact that coaches are major personalities. They kind of rule the roost in college football. Look at the money. Look at the way that we view that sport as opposed to pro sports. Pro sports, we only talk about players. We only talk about players. The only time you talk about a coach is if he's on the cusp of being fired because he's not doing enough with said players, or you have a guy like Bill Belichick who won a million titles. But even he, you're looking at him right now like, hmm, things are going downhill since Brady left. Hmm." Has he ever drafted well? Uh, Yeah, ever? (laughs) Except for when he lucked into Brady in the sixth or seventh. He was going to cut him? Yeah. So, like, so, yeah. But that's, it's fun as hell to watch. That's the, we talk about, God, I keep doing it, I apologize. We keep, watching these coaches and then kind of wondering, well, can they change? Can people change? Do they learn from their mistakes? Right now what we're seeing up there is Jimbo's not capable. He's still the broken man that left here. But he might have just Too much signed. talent to fail? Well, he might have like just the bank's signed. too big to fail? It could be. Yeah, I mean, look, it's tough to fire that guy just $93 million makes it tough. They got to yeah. pay him $93 million. That's the other thing, by the way. What the hell are you doing, you dumbasses? Nobody in the on earth has that. Because it's 50 bucks to them. That's why. Because they could cut the check. But the thing is, he might have just gotten his class that includes the likes of a Mario Edwards, a Timmy Jernigan, and a Jameis Winston. And it, maybe he did. Because the recruiting rankings sure suggest that he has. So now you're between a rock and a hard place. And you're attending a rebel yell or whatever the hell they call it on a Friday night. Aggie yell. Mm-hmm. So that's where they are.
The Colt has a tough decision, but they probably need to just stand pat and oh, wear it for another year I, and a half or two. And 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 I will. And it might work. He's an elite recruiter, and we've said that time and again. It is likely his number one attribute is that he can obviously not only evaluate talent, but he's good at developing talent most places and closing yeses. Closing yeses is yes. a big deal. Um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch it all play out. I mean, you sit back and you're kind of like, man. I mean, almost to a T. The things we're watching play out there happened here. And the circumstances are very different because he he certainly has everything that he wanted. Which is really interesting about this game because this is the kind of game. I would pick them to beat Miami. I will pick them to beat Miami. But this is the kind of game that Cristobal wins because it's the equivalent of the Ohio State game to him. It's not the big Utah game that he played last year and lost and then played again and lost again. Well, well, by a thousand both games, yes. Right, that's that's the in-conference... That's the Florida State-type game for Cristobal. The Ohio State one is it's a free roll. So you go on the road and you make something happen. So that's the interesting part here is I think Mario is going to have them looser for this game and up for this game than he will when they host Florida State later on the The, schedule. They're going to play tight as a drum. Well, we hope. But the one thing I will say about Miami is that they've made the changes to the offense – are, are interesting. It, it, it's not free-flowing the way that it was a year ago. It was good last year. It was, and um, it, it doesn't look as sharp early on right now. Now, because I went back and watched that game, and they, were, they weren't they were good. That that was – that's not a great Southern Miss. That was an interesting game. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I like seeing this. I don't know if that's indifference. There were seven people in the stands, but – I mean, it's it's something. Get used to the seven people in the stands, guys. You're gonna have to play like you're gonna have to generate your own energy every week until FSU gets here. Then the place will be packed for you. But no, honestly, it's 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 fascinating. Oh, it feels like the '80s again. (laughs) (laughs) The Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. This is pretty encouraging, I would think. Concussions amongst NFL players mandated to wear Guardian cap equipment dropped by more than 50% this summer compared to the previous three-year average. That, according to data released this afternoon, for the first time, the league required offensive linemen, defensive linemen, tight ends, and linebackers to wear Guardian caps during practice between the start of training camp until the second preseason game, a period when concussion rates historically have always been elevated. There were 11 concussions amongst those position groups during that time. Six of those were caused by contact of the face mask, which is not protected by a guardian cap. The previous three-year average for players at those positions during that time was 23 concussions. So we see this in practice all the time, Tom. Our guys uh, wear that as well. I think most teams are. Been ahead of the curve, I think, in that regard. I'm just used to seeing them now. I remember it being jarring years ago, but now it's just kind of the standard Well, they look sillier than hell, <laughs> but they work. I mean, when you watch it, when you're out there watching it, you're like, "Oh, this is re- look at these guys. What are we doing?" Uh, but 
Fashion ought not stand in the way. There's also something. My buddy sent me this during uh, the Bucks game on Sunday night. This is not verified by my own eyes. Um, but they've got something called the Q collar as well, which is a compression collar that works on manipulating the blood vessels in your neck, which apparently takes pressure off of the brain so the brain doesn't swell up closer to your skull when you're playing football. That's something that the NFL is investigating right now because a study's been conducted on teenagers and the numbers are really, really good initially at uh, concussion prevention. So so let's think about this for a second. The reason for all of this, as we well know, were the uh, CTE studies uh, that led to lawsuits, that led to um, real money issues, if you want to call them that, uh, for the NFL. So I remember thinking at the time, well... If you're not able to curb this either through rule changes or through equipment uh, advancements, some sort of uh, medical science advancement or something as if there were a, a pill you could take or something to help, then the NFL and football in general would be in trouble, ultimately. Then I also thought, well, there are billions of dollars on the line here. It is the most popular sport by far. So guess what's going to happen? They're going to invest in every imaginable study to figure out a way. If we've got to manipulate your freaking veins, we're going to figure it out. It's going to happen that we're playing football. It's right. not going anywhere. And that's where if you're in the medical profession and or you're an Carte engineer launch. and entrepreneur, you're saying, this is how I get my island. This is how I yeah. get my own private island Correct. is I come up with whatever this is. That's how industry can help move along and make things yes. safer. Yes. And again, this is not fact. I'm not presenting this as fact because I haven't reviewed these numbers. You haven't done an independent peer medical review on this yet? Well, well, Tom, look, I mean, we had several hours before one o'clock rolled around. Uh, you know, I figured <laughs> the liberty with which things are taken here, maybe I could do it from the one to three slot. Uh, the 73% of players had injury to brain tissue when they were observed to not wear the collar, 13 plus pre uh, middle school, high school. Right. There's a 77% reduction in that 73% with this particular device. So there are a ton of people looking like you're talking about for oh, whatever man. ways possible to reduce it, especially in teens, because that's where this whole thing starts. And that's where I've always thought the NFL has a legal argument. Not don't tell the players the risks, which is what they did, which no, is sinister. Uh, well, they did worse. They did worse. It's not that they didn't tell them. They lied to them. Correct. That's taking it a step further. That's there's lies of omission which are bad, right. but then there's just the outright manipulation of what was being done with the facts. Malice is the word yeah. that you'd see in a court of law <laughs> yeah. and in a settlement. Yeah, Correct. malice, 100%. Right. But in this case, yeah, you're looking for something that, you know, will help you at that point earlier in your development because if I'm the NFL and I was completely transparent, I'd say how are you going to sue me? Yeah, his kid had four of them in high school. What That's do you want right. me to be? Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. playing in middle school. That's right. not my problem. That right. was in the developmental stage, not the adult stage. Mm -hmm. Well, and even that has changed over time. The recognition that the brain continues to develop all the way through the age of 25. So, uh, you know, it's it's fascinating to to watch. But I do think just tackling these things and in, 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 in accepting the risks, right? We, we, we got into this discussion time and again at that time when it was hot and heavy where the lawsuits were being filed all over the country and the NFL was being sued by former players. And it, we had all of the different articles that accompanied one week's worth of sports talk radio, right? Every week we had this. And I remember thinking at some point, not unlike the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm, that the whole thing here is to accept these findings as opposed to deflect and deny. Like, understand that science is real, and we can learn from what we've discovered and 
and enhance our understanding of the topic that we're all working together to solve. Like those in the medical community, those that are owners of NFL teams or players of the sport, everybody wants the same thing. They want football to live, and they want it to live safely, as safely as it can be. Obviously, not unlike NASCAR. I use the example all the time. Okay, we can put the Hans device in, but you are still driving 200 miles per hour. And if you hit a wall, man, I don't know, it may not work out for you. I believe that's the legal wording in there. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It, it, I mean, things can happen. That's the waiver. Your car flips 16 times. Maybe the Hans doesn't help you. I don't know. But you're willing to take the risk, and we've done all that we can, right? Same thing with football. I get it, man. You still got 250-pound guys running 4440s colliding, you know, with evil intentions. Things happen. People might end up paralyzed. It can happen. But let's accept that we can make the game safer and figure out a better way to play it where we can reduce significantly the amount of brain injuries. All right, good. Let's do that. Why would you not want to embrace that, fund that, study that, advance that cause? As opposed to, nah, we don't think it's real. We don't think it's real. Kind of like smoking. Yeah, yeah. We don't think there's anything wrong with it. Everything's going to be all right. You're full of malarkey. Yeah, your, your lungs just got screwed up. I don't know. Maybe it was your job. It wasn't the two packs a day you were smoking that we provided. No, no. So, I mean, I love when it didn't take long, though. It didn't take long. I think it might have been secondhand smoke. <laughs> you know what prevents secondhand smoke? Uh, Firsthand smoke. Yeah. There you go. You offset Grab your you father's carton. smoking by you smoking. That's right. It protects you. It's a deflector. You. That's right. That's what it is. Because you exhale the bad stuff. You keep the good stuff. I have a feeling, I don't want to get into it today, but it's fun to bring up. Uh, we're about done here with Brett Favre, everybody. It's Brett's bubble time. Follow, follow that one. The bubbles burst. He was a good get when we had him on two years ago. Mm -hmm. I appreciated his honesty there. Unfortunately, it appears there was less honesty going on behind the scenes with some other aspects of his life because those texts don't read well. That is, uh, that's not the first time you said that about Brett Favre. In text, not reading well. Yeah, yeah. It's Jeff Cabbage Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. FSU released their basketball schedule. I will touch on it uh, momentarily. Thomas, I await. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. That news came across the desk yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, we. it's too early in football. I can't talk about. I can't talk about basketball right now, although with the early start and everything that's going on, you kind of have to, to look at it. There was a tweet last week that said less than two months away, and I thought, oh, my goodness, less than two months away. You were saying away. it's too soon. Yeah. There's too much going on, man. Coming up next hour, we're going to play some Garnet and Gold trivia. This is for our Warchant.com members only. Yeah, elitist. We're judging the rest of you. Is it if we're more than 11,000 strong? Soon to be 12,000. Easily. Warchant.com, members only this time around. Join up now for just a dollar. It's a buck. If you haven't signed up, it's a buck! Head to the Tribal Council and look it up for the trivia thread. First one to post the correct answer next hour wins. We're playing for $25 gift certificate to Garnet and Gold next hour. New gear, a lot of new gear out there. Could use 25 bones towards the purchase of new gear from Garnet and Gold. The new kicks came out today. I haven't seen them yet. I have not seen the new kicks either. I like the new kicks better when they weren't available to the public. 
and I would get them through connections, and I felt special. Now anybody can yeah, feel special by Sanders purchasing kicks. their own kicks, and I'm like, huh, anybody can get those. In retrospect, you know what? Maybe that was the trade. You got Deion Sanders' shoes, mm-hmm. and then he got uh, the Hunter kid. Well, the year that I got Deion Sanders' shoes was long before the Hunter kid was even imagined. So I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he held on to that resentment for that long. Let me no, tell you what Prime's going to do. That would be odd. This was for you, Jeff Cameron. I'm going to get a head coaching job somewhere, and I'm going to steal an elite recruit from whomever that coach is going to be in the future at Florida State. Because somebody didn't give me $150 shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, and I those first versions, when you look back on them, they're hideous. I wore them proudly because nobody else could get them. But then, but then I was like, these things are hideous. They've come a long way. They're a lot better now. Although I haven't seen this year's version, so I don't know that I should speak so soon. But a lot of people have see the Nike Nike campaign, the Nike campaign that is you know why we're wearing the white helmets. Like and the, Nike-ing is Nike marketing. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I like it. Here we go, Nike-ing again. Uh, but no, that campaign has worked. I I'm in my timeline. I see fifteen to twenty people in the last forty eight hours that have purchased a white helmet for their like their man cave or their den or wherever they have all the helmets that Florida State's worn over the years. They wore them yesterday in practice. The quarterbacks did. And you know what? Well, they're sweet. It feels fine. No, they're sweet. I like them. It's funny. Those are, that's a polarizing thing. Uniforms are in general. But these particular uniforms I'm finding interesting. Uh, it's not just the old gang, the old guard that hate everything new. Anything new. They're like, oh, God, it's it's horrible. But no, not that. It, there's some there's some youngins out there that are like no no no. Woo! I can tell you that our pal Eric Angel says you know what maybe this should be subterfuge that uh, old Mike should just confuse Louisville and come out in the regular garnet and gold. All right, Eric. I don't think it makes a difference. We could wear uh, beige uniforms that don't even have a spear on the helmet. It doesn't matter. Some would say that the gold pants has have turned a little more beige than they were back in the day. I haven't paid that close attention lately. I think our gold still looks like the gold. The helmet's fine once they fixed it from the white gold we wore in 2014. Well, that was the worst thing ever. Yeah. Everything about 2014. Now, that really was the worst thing ever. That was the class ring you never buy color. That, that's what that was. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, what are we? This is, you can't even see the Remember the numbers? You couldn't even see them. Hour two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV.